Hello and welcome to Retroidvaniacs, a brand new retro gaming themed show. Uh, we focus mainly on the NES, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, and any other game system up to and including the original PlayStation, Sega Saturn, and N64 era. Every show we will focus on one game. We'll play that game for about a week or two ahead of time and then we get together here to talk about the games themselves, our experiences playing them, and how we think this game will fare today. Now this is our first show and I had to re-record the very beginning of the show, which is what you're hearing right now. Uh, I'm hoping I can edit the rest of the problems we had out of the show, but if you hear some clipping or some audio fading in and out on some of the phone connections, because we did most of this over Skype, I apologize. In future episodes, we'll have less of these problems. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and punch you back into the episode uh, while I'm talking about who I am and why I know about video games. Uh, and again, hopefully you like the show, and thank you for listening. My name is uh, Jeremy P, but I'll go by JP, and I've been playing games since uh, video games since I was about three. We had an Intellivision system uh, when it was new, and pretty much from that point on, I've played everything up to the newest consoles. Um, but you know, now I'm I'm in my 30s. I have some kids, so I don't have a lot of time to play 60-hour role-playing games. Uh, but I do have time to play, uh, you know, Nintendo and Super Nintendo era games that take about half an hour. So. Uh, you know, I, I play a lot of those now. I'm really enjoying them, and uh, you know, I, I think at least I I've got the experience to say what I do and don't like, and why that's a, a good point. Um, Billy, yeah, uh, also have been playing video games um, a very sad amount of time. I remember playing maybe around the same age uh, you started three, four, Jungle Hunt on the Atari was the first one I recall playing, and I've been in love with them ever since. I try to keep up with the newest stuff, but. When you get to be about this age, your time really diminishes. Uh, but I love going back to try out some of the older games from time to time. And besides that, I'm here to provide some gentle southern hospitality for the show. And uh, the third person will be uh, Jeremy G. Hey there, I am the other Jeremy. Uh, I'm basically uh, in charge, well, I've, I've been making Retrovania for the last couple of weeks. Um, but as far as gaming goes, uh, I've been gaming since I was a kid. So I think the first game I ever saw was Pac-Man for the 2600. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, I know. But I was amazed because it was a video game and I was a kid and it was awesome. So I, I've been just amazed by video games since then. And I try to keep up as much as I can. Uh, but still, of course, being in your 30s, it's, it's not easy. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, Retrovania is a podcast, but it's also a website, uh, sort of a, a, a multimedia center for any of the, the sort of retro gaming things we're doing. So along with this podcast, we have some video clips up there, uh, YouTubes that Jeremy had d- did with some, uh, some voiceovers on it. We'll probably have some articles. Uh, you know, anything we can think of that'll fit, we'll definitely put it up there. So uh, check that out. That'll be updated a lot more often than this podcast is. And... Uh, and, you know, a lot of times I don't think it'll be games we're going to talk about on here, but it might be. Uh, you know, I don't know if it makes sense to put some clips up there of what we're already talking about. But, uh, you know, this is the first episode and the, the beginning of this website, so we'll see what happens from here. But uh, I think it's pretty much a blank slate to what we want to do, and I think we're kind of all on the same page for once. So, Possibilities are endless. It seems like things are going pretty well for us so far, so I, I have high hopes. It, I, it has kept my attention for more than 48 hours, so I, I think... Uh, I Not think many things, things do well. that. 
No, it, it really doesn't. It's a new so, record. Going good so far. Uh, so, well, before we started uh, actually going through, if we were really going to do this or not, we put together a list each of 10 or so games that we were interested in doing, and we randomly picked them every week. They're all from, like I said earlier, the PlayStation area to to present, or sorry, PlayStation area back to, I guess, the dawn of video games, but pretty much NES is where we cut it off so far, uh, although I am tempted to pull out some Intellivision games. But, uh, you know, we randomly picked it, and for this week I thought uh, a good start would be the game Axley for the Super Nintendo. shooter, and unlike now when you'd say shooter when everyone assumes you mean Call of Duty, this is a an overhead and side-scrolling shooter like Gradius or 1943. Um, I had never played this one before. It's brand new to me. Uh, this is one of Jeremy's Jeremy G's suggestions. Uh, did you play this a lot before this uh, this podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, I, I played this countless times. I rented it probably a, a couple of dozen times uh, during the lifespan of the Super Nintendo, and uh, it, it is probably my favorite shooter of all time, so I was under the impression that everybody else had played this game, uh, or at least you, JP, but I guess I'm the only person that had actually uh, played it back in the day, so that was kind of a surprise to me. Yeah, because I uh, had, maybe I had read about this when seeing a picture or two, had never played it, and uh, I find it hard to believe, uh, after looking online, a lot of my rentals were made just based on the box art. And the box art for this one, Giant Lava Monster. I don't know why it didn't pull me in. That's the only reason I actually rented it, because I, I didn't like shooters. I still don't like shooters, but seeing that box art and, and the back of the box was, was just so amazing looking uh, that I had to, had to pick it up and try it out. So that was my only... I had never seen any reviews or anything in the gaming magazines. I just saw that box, and I, I picked it up. And that boss is actually in the game, which I was I was thrilled about. Because a lot of times there's something really cool on the box that doesn't appear in the game. Yeah, he's a a, a Terminator with lava on him. That, it was that's a, that's great. You can't go wrong. No. Well, I had definitely seen the box, and I had seen. I, I remember there were ads for it because once I got to that boss, I was like, "This is that game. This is the game with the fire, you know, the giant fireman boss." But I had never played it. But I didn't have. I mean, we had a Super Nintendo, but it was my brother's system, so I. Somehow got tagged with the I I had the Turbo Graphics 16 at this time frame, so uh, the Super Nintendo was there to use, but it it wasn't mine. And the games he was into were not shooters. So you know we had Donkey Kong Country and all those Star Wars games and things, but we didn't have any shooters for that system. Uh, How did you have a Turbo Graphics 16 and, and not not be into shooters? That, well, no, I awesome. was into shooters, <laughs> uh, but I was the one who had that system. So you know I had Blazing Lasers and Game oh, of okay. Thunder and all these other shooters, but my brother was like, no, he wasn't into them. So the games he had on his system. I mean, yeah, there was some carryover, but it was the only way to stop us from literally beating the crap out of each other every day to have separate systems. Got so it, I had it. not played Axley until now. Um, did you both play this on the original system for this, this session, or were you on emulators? I guess we can't really say that, but maybe if you were on a computer somehow that you owned <laughs> the system and hooked it up to, let's go with that. Uh, I bought it for the virtual console, because it's on the Wii U virtual console. I also sprung forward on the virtual console. Uh, I played it via uh, shady emulation means. So, oh, I, no. I know. Shame, but I think I, I rented it enough back in the day that I probably bought it two times over. So. <laughs> you rented it 30 times. Basically, yeah. <laughs> That's, they, they, they owed you this one. 
And actually, the, the virtual console, I, you know, I didn't really like the Wii U uh, screen controller, so I went out and bought a Pro controller. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm an idiot. But it's actually really, really good for this game. And, and any of those uh, Super Nintendo games I had that uh, I've been using the right controller, I bet it works great on Smash Brothers as well. So I'll have to oh, try yeah. that. Oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, so I guess to, to actually came out in 1992. It's one of the earlier Konami games for the Super Nintendo. Uh, but this was when they really were hitting their stride. This is right in between uh, Super Castlevania 4 for them and uh, Contra 3 The Alien Wars, both of which were games I did play and are amazing games. I mean, those, if you don't have the, those two games or have played those two games on a Super Nintendo, then you don't need a Super Nintendo. I don't know what you'd be doing uh, without playing those two. So this fits nicely in that category, and it's, it's very much like Gradius, uh, there are other big shooter series in Life Force, uh, but it, it does try to use the uh, the same thing with Contra Three and and uh, <clears throat> Castlevania Four did. They try to use the Mode Seven scaling rotation <laughs> that all those early Super Nintendo games really seem to use, and every other level, all the odd levels, one, three, and five, are these top down kind of three D levels um where you fly in you know away from the screen i guess it's uh i found those very distracting i'm gonna tell you one of my initial problems was the same i had a a lot of trouble judging the depth of everything uh and on the first level uh you can easily fly over everything and there's these uh, kind of brown rock formations and I thought I just as easily could could go over those, but apparently not. Uh, you explode and you're dead right there in an instant. Yeah, it's 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 kind of weird how it is because it's, uh, I mean, it's you don't really know what you're going to hit, and there's a lot of those levels, those top down levels that you actually have to, you know, they're kind of maze like. Uh, I think it's actually the third level or, or something like yeah, that where you're level. flying through the grids, um, and. It, it can be almost impossible not to hit those if you don't know which you know where you exactly you need to be. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to run right into those and die. Yeah, that happened to me a number of times. First level, but the third level was the one where I really was struggling. I I just couldn't I couldn't get through the last half of it, which is the one with with uh, it, it is all of a maze basically. And there's like yeah. they look like giant bugs that slide on poles outside of some of the sides, and you had to find specific parts to hit. Mm-hmm. But because the level kind of fades in. Uh, as it rotates towards you, it, it just made it very hard for me at first to figure out what was going on. Once I did figure it out, it, it becomes seamless, and you can do it every time. But uh, the first time through, the third level was just just awful. And, and five, no better. Five's all lava. I guess we'll get into the stages in a second, but five was no better. There were things in level five where they just popped out, and I didn't know what I could and couldn't touch, and things were jumping out of everywhere. It was definitely rough. Um, but but the other levels, the even levels, are side-scroller levels, more like a traditional Gradius um, you know, layout where you, you literally just go from left to right and, you know, it's pretty clear cut what you're supposed to shoot and avoid and everything else. And those levels I had, I thought were significantly easier. I don't know if just it was from the view or if they actually were just, just easier levels, but I had, you know, one or two shots in each of those and I made it through them. I had made note of that also. I, I spent probably uh, the longest amount of time playing the first stage, trying to get through that. The second one, I got through on my first run and it seemed like that for the side scrolling. Uh, well, I mean, the, the side-scrolling uh, stages, uh, they, they definitely seem more like Konami's wheelhouse with, with what they did with Life Force on the NES and, and uh, you know, a little bit in Gradius, Gradius as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it, it almost seems like those top-down levels were more of a gimmick. Uh, like, they weren't trying to go for playability. They were trying to go for 
this is going to look amazing and it's going to blow everybody's minds when they see this back then. Uh, and I think those those levels definitely suffered for it and made them a lot harder than the, the side-scrolling stages. They were significantly harder, and, and not for... It wasn't like, uh, you know, enemy placement or even the, the level being complex. I just couldn't tell half the time what was dangerous and what wasn't, or, or even what was dangerous, how am I supposed to hurt it? Uh, you know, unlike a lot of games, a lot of these bosses and bigger monsters don't... They're not monsters, but ships don't really flash or anything if you hit them in the right spot. You just kind of have to know what to do when they die. Uh-huh. And most of the time, it's not that hard. You, it's pretty clear what you're supposed to do. But I don't know. Maybe I'm spoiled now where everything, you know, every game where you're supposed to shoot something, it flashes or it's bright pink or, you know, there's something you know you've hit it the right way. Where in this case, you know, there's a lot of the, the game where I was, wasn't sure exactly if I was doing any damage or, or what. It seemed like there, there were uh, areas that did flash, but it didn't like flash the entire boss. It was like the one tiny area that, that you were hitting would actually flash. And if you didn't notice that, then you wouldn't even know that you were hitting something. to the fifth level, but I believe there are only six levels in this game. Is that correct? I believe so, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, then, six. Then we can talk about the levels, but before we talk about the levels in any real detail, uh, what I thought made this game different from most other shooters was the way the weapons worked. Uh, you didn't fly around a stage and get power-ups in the stage like in a 1943 or, uh, or honestly most shooters, Legacy uh, uh, Legendary Wings or any of those old shooters. This was like you, you pick your layout at the beginning of the game. You have three different weapon options, and you have those weapon options through the entire level. And then if you beat a level, you earn another weapon option uh, until eventually, I guess, you have what, three, three nine, nine, yeah, nine weapon options. Um, so the first three weapon options are uh, what they call a straight laser, which I found to be the most absolute worthless weapon on Earth. <laughs> It was just, it's, it's the one that when you first see it, you're like, oh, that's the weapon I'm going to use for everything because it looks like every other game's laser, but it does, it has to do one-tenth of the damage of every other laser, and it only fires straight forward in a fairly small area. And the second weapon you get is the round Vulcan, which is, after you learn what it does, it's the best weapon in the entire game, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, it, it starts out behind you, and it, it starts like a half arc on each side till it shoots forward, uh, so both beams are in front of you. And then when you let go, it shoots all the way back behind you again. Effectively, if you can time it right, you're just shooting bullets everywhere in the screen, uh, along with shooting your missiles. Yeah, and that, that's the weapon I basically use the entire game. And, and even if I get hit, uh, because when you do get hit, you lose that weapon uh, until you die completely, uh, I would just you know try to make it as far as I could, because... There's no way I could go much further without that weapon. Yeah, I think that one, uh, learning that one and getting that one down is, is absolutely necessary on there, especially early in the beginning. The, the first few swarms of enemies, enemies actually surround you all around. And if you're not using that, you're going to take damage. Right. And, and like, like Jeremy said a minute ago, when you get hit, if it's by a bullet or a laser, you'll lose whatever the active weapon you have is for the rest of the time until you lose your ship. But if you get hit by a ship or a rock or drive straight into a post like I did a number of times, you, you lose the ship then at that point immediately. Right, and yeah. You start over with all three of your weapons. Um, I, I didn't think the missile weapon, the third, the third option is missiles, the first time they're called macro missiles. And 
I thought those, once I figured out how to use those properly, I didn't mind keeping those all the time. I mean, they didn't give you the area, the area effect that the other bullets did, but when you're fighting a boss or one big ship or just knew exactly where everyone was coming in, those did so much damage, you'd clear almost any enemy out in one hit if you could hit them with those big missiles. Oh, yeah. You can just, you can just basically dump that, too. I mean, there's no uh, limit on, on those bombs or anything like that, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so you, I think it's the second one, the second version of those bombs you get uh, that shoot just straight down, uh, kind of at an angle, I think. Uh, you can just clear out bosses on those side-scrolling stages like nothing. Yeah, and you get that after the first stage. So, so you go through the first stage, yeah. which is kind of like a, it starts, it's almost like it's over, over some ocean or something, or kind of, right. uh, and, and that's a top-down level. It has a, a mini-boss, which is something I haven't seen in a long time, uh, in the middle of that level, which is... Um, uh, not a hardship, but it kind of te- kind of shows you what the boss fights are going to be like. It looks kind of like a, a face ship with shoots wep- uh, shoots laser straight down and shoots these bursts out uh, along with shooting homing rockets uh, that you can pretty easily avoid. But it keeps dodging in and under the water, so you can't hit it for a few seconds. Um, but that's one that the first time I got to that, I died over and over again until I realized that yes, missiles are unlimited, so never stop firing them. Uh, and once I did that, you could take yeah. it out pretty easily. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm used to I'm used to stuff like missiles are always limited in most of these games. So I, I used it very sparingly. I tried to get by as long as I could without it, uh, and suffered greatly for it. Uh, but as soon as I learned, you can just jam that all you want. I, that really was a breakthrough, and I finally beat that damn spider yeah. <laughs> at the end of the first level. metal spider that shoots uh, purple electric webs that will kind of slow your ship down so it can shoot you with other beams and it shoots these four spiders out across to the four different corners of the screen that also shoot bullets at you Um, but they're fairly slow bullets and they only shoot two apiece and it's actually not once I figured out again that you could shoot missiles all the time and that the third level missile uh, is super destructive and fires pretty much straight forward uh, that wasn't so bad, but it, the first time I got to him, I mean, I must have drove right in the legs immediately and, uh, and died, and then the second time, the spiders got me, and I thought, I'm only on the first boss, and I'm dying of this embarrassingly, and everything <laughs> mm-hmm. I saw online was that this is not a very hard shooter, so perhaps my skills have gotten incredibly rusty. But, uh, but yeah, that spider boss did take a little while, but, but like, uh, like Billy said earlier, after that, the second level was like, I, I just sneezed and I finished it. There was no, not that there was no challenge, but it was definitely easier. Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, going from that first stage into that side-scrolling stage is, is almost, well, it kind of is a completely different game. Uh, just, you know, it, it's so much easier. Uh, I, I think most people are just uh, more comfortable playing those, those side-scrolling stages like that in a shooter. And uh, it, it's just much more natural. So, yeah, there's, if, if you had a hard time on that first stage, I would hate for anyone just to stop playing because they got so frustrated with it that they stopped. But, once you get past that, it seemed like it was it, it was just a much easier go of it all around because you start realizing what you can do with those weapons and, and learning how to play the game. Oh, yeah, and if you stopped at the first stage, you wouldn't have made it to the second to see that Ed 209 cameo. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, the second boss is like a kind of a half-organic uh, Ed 209 walker. 
Um, or or an ATST if you somehow only watch Star Wars and then never watched another movie again. But Ed 209 is a lot closer to what it really looks like. And and I didn't have a problem with that boss at all. I mean, it, no. yes, every game that has one of those bosses, it does the exact same thing as this boss. You know, it, it walks forward and backwards across the screen. It it has a, a, a like a, a Gatling gun that shoots kind of down at a, at a corner, but then when it does stop fully and shoot up in an arc and it very slowly turns across the screen, you can easily dodge all of those those attacks. So the only way I could see really dying on this boss, other than by accident, uh, was when I only had that terrible first shot left over, and it was taking so long that I just got yeah. impatient and tried to fire missiles at it, and then ran to the wall. I think back when I was a kid, that was the first boss that I realized how that uh, that spread weapon worked, uh, because I think Billy kind of did the same thing. It, when you first use it, the one that starts shooting backwards and you hold it down, it spreads out around you, you don't realize that you can actually hold that button down. So yeah. you just think it shoots behind you constantly. Uh, but with that one, that boss, I, I actually held that down. And, and that's a weapon that you can definitely just kind of, you know, get right into where uh, its weak spot is and just take it down just, you know, super quick. I, I did the same thing, sort of, except that I had already had that first weapon that, that was terrible. So I was used to already holding the button down. So when I tried the second weapon, I held it down and it went forward. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. And I don't think I ever let go of that button until I died for a, probably my first five playthroughs. So I didn't realize when you let go, it also shoots back around you. Yeah. Once I realized that, and, and you don't have to hold the button at that point, you let go, and it just kind of slowly shoots a bunch of bullets as it goes all the way back down. And that's that's the point where I was like, oh, I'm playing this all wrong. Okay, if I start over with this gun and I use it the right way. So as soon as I start any game, I don't know if you guys do this, but I immediately, like, I don't care what's on the screen, every level, I'm just trying to get to that gun and get it forward, and then, <laughs> then I feel like I can <laughs> at least have a chance. Right, yeah. I, I, I think that's one reason why I like this game so much. Uh, rather than other shooters, uh, because those weapons are right there for you. And you don't get any power-ups as you're going through these stages, like you said. So uh, you start off with the weapons that you're good at, and if you get hit, you lose them. It's your fault. So, I mean, you don't have to sit there and watch for power-ups constantly to come through and be like, oh, you know, that, that's the one that I need. Uh, it's just right there whenever you start the level. Right, and, and I guess I was surprised there was no way to get those back anyway in the level. When you finish the level, you get all your guns back. But, right. but other than that is death is the only way you get it back and thankfully zero zero power ups anywhere which is crazy for a shooter not even like point pickups there's nothing it's just shoot everything until it dies and then move to the next The extra lives in the game. I I think it's whenever you beat a boss, or maybe it's every fifty thousand points. I can't figure it's, out which it, it is. It's a it's a points thing. I, I'm pretty sure it's a points thing because I was getting racking up lives uh, while I was actually fighting a boss. So okay, I don't know what the, the point spread is for it, but it's definitely a, a point thing. It might be five hundred thousand. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember what the point differences in this but it's either fifty thousand or five hundred thousand but yeah because it's whenever i would kill a boss though i would break that li- that plane as well so i'd get uh-huh. the extra life and i'd be over fifty thousand i'm like okay well that's it's got to be fifty thousand but then it kept happening consistently and i wasn't paying attention to the score so then i thought maybe it's just when you beat a boss um but you only get two lives or three lives when you start the one you have in two two and spare uh and thankfully unlike a lot of shooters from this time period you don't go back to a spot if you die when you die you come immediately back where you were it doesn't pause the enemies. It doesn't restart the bosses. So you have to start with new life every time on their on their life bar or whatever. It's just you come right back in. You come in from the bottom as if you were playing, you know, a two player contra. Right. And I, that's one thing that keeps the frustration level low for 
someone like me that doesn't really like shooters. Uh, I, I hate being punished by getting hit once and then having to redo the entire level. Uh, yeah. This game give, gave me three lives, and also, as long as I didn't run into anything, it gave me three hits per life, which, that, that you know, you can go pretty far, even if you're kind of sucking at it. Right. So that, that's one of the great things about that. Yeah, the, by, for, by the time we're recording this now, I, I hadn't played this before, and I've been playing this for, for what, I guess, four or five days. And at this point, if, if I can manage to get through an entire level with at least one gun left, and I have, it, I have two or three lives to just slam at a boss, I'm good to go. I mean, yeah. I've learned those first three bosses pretty well. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, although the third boss, uh, we didn't really talk about him. Uh, so the second boss is Dead 209, and then the third level is another top-down level. Uh, it looks like it's kind of over a, over a space city or kind of over a space base. Uh, that's the one that has all these kind of maze-like tubings that are floating in the, the level you're in. And you're supposed to find the joints to shoot out. And the, thankfully, in most of the, that part, the joints are bright orange. And it's pretty easy to see them, except that, again, they fade in. So sometimes if you're not right in the right spot, you don't see it until you, there's no way you can hit it uh, to, to shoot the joints out to continue forward. But the boss of that level has, has uh, three stages, although the first stage is pretty much a joke. Uh, at first, oh, yeah. it's like an eye with four little ships around it. But the ships all die in one hit. Uh, and then the eye goes to the bottom, and it becomes a cone that has a bunch of nodes on the bottom of the cone, like a traffic cone. Uh, and all the nodes shoot a whole bunch of bullets while it spins around. And I can't figure out exactly how I'm not dying constantly there. Because that's a lot of bullets, and they just vanish at some point. Yeah, they get kind of about three-fourths of the way down uh, at you, and they'll just kind of explode. Uh, and I, I was actually, I, I forgot about that. And I was wondering, I was like, man, I'm either really fucking good at this, or I, you know, then I noticed it was they were actually just kind of fading away. But now I'm completely deflated now. I thought I was actually doing something good there. Maybe we're all better than we think, but I think it's just that the, the bullets explode early. The only thing I could think of is maybe when you destroy the node, the bullets immediately vanish. I, I don't really know, but it's spinning so fast I couldn't target a specific node on it. I just would just fire at it blindly with the, the mask on all my, bullet, all my missiles, and eventually it would be down to one or two. And then I could target that one or two, and then when you destroy all the nodes, the cone flies away, and it looks almost like another red crab monster. Uh, but without legs, I guess, so just the body of a crab. Uh, and that has four big guns on it that it's pretty clear when they're going to fire, and you have to kind of dodge all the fire while you shoot the uh, the crab in the middle of the face. That's a pretty classic shooter-style boss, I thought. Yeah. Um, but that's part where it spins. I just couldn't figure out how not to die unless it was just the, ba- the bullets were vanishing. I just couldn't figure that out. So that was one where you know I made it through the level enough times where I can get through the level without even getting hit once, and with the idea that I'm just going to slam lives away on this boss and save my good bullets for the end. Yeah, this, this is the first level where I didn't use the gun we were talking about that can shoot behind, and I tried out that needle cracker. For the life of me, I can't tell if it's the best game I've used in a shooter or the worst. It's kind of both. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, no clear pattern on it. If you jam down on the fire button, it looks like uh, it was animated uh, by a small child. It's lines uh, going every which way. Seems effective sometimes, and sometimes it seems conveniently dodge all the enemies. Yeah, it's supposed to be some sort of uh, you know a, a homing laser, but sometimes it does home in on things, and other times it just kind of acts like it doesn't know what the hell it's doing. So you, you really never know if it's going to be useful or not, really the only way to use it, because so many shoot out of your ship at the same time, is just kind of get close to whatever you want to kill, and enough will eventually home in on that enemy to kill it. 
Yeah, you earned that that weapon at the end of level two, and so I started using it the first couple times I played level three and thought it was beyond useless, because you're right, it kind of goes wherever it wants to go, and in level three, there's enough little things around that it, it really isn't very effective. I found the other, um, the regular weapon, the round Vulcan, way more useful on that level. However, level five, uh, which is the, neck, the last top-down level that I've made it to, uh, which is all lava, that's one where everything you're fighting is not as as in number, but they all fly at you. There's like dragons that fly out and slam into you, and there's all the ships that come on the side and try to slam into you. That was one where I was able to use that gun pretty much the entire way through the level, and it destroyed everything. And I'm glad I tried it again, because up, up to that point, I just written that gun off as something never ever to use. Yeah, it just kind of has a life of its own for the most part, and I, I never really could master it, but uh, it definitely had its uses here and there, and I, I always preferred it. I don't know if I preferred it over the the uh, default weapon or not but uh it, it for some levels it was all right so level we didn't really talk about level four but level four is kind of a, it's another side scroller and it's in a cave and everything's an, an, uh, an organic being there's lots of things that you shoot and they explode in other bullets that weapon is extremely like you know an r-type or a gradius level uh the whole way through uh kind of hard in parts because everything does explode bullets at you but eh, generally not that bad i didn't have many problems with level four at all uh, it's partly underwater, and it ends with this fish boss that I found to be fairly easy once you realize you just fly around it in circles. Yeah, either that or just stay right up above it and, and use that second bomb weapon and just, you know, dump on it, and it, it's dead pretty quick. And then five level five was the lava level. It's the, the last top-down level of the six, uh, and that's the one that has the giant lava monster guy at the end. There is no middle boss. It's just a lot of uh, you dodge, You have to dodge around this um, almost sandworm-like creature that comes out of the lava several times. And that, I don't know if you guys saw that. Well, you, we all played it on the virtual console, I think. But that's one that had a lot of slowdown. Whenever the, the worm would come up, it would crawl, which was surprising. I guess that's what the Super Nintendo would have done. But I'm, I guess I'm just surprised it didn't kind of fix that for the Wii U. I'm sure it can handle that. I think a lot of those those emulated games on the on the Wii U they try to keep as close as possible. I, I don't know if if they've ever fixed any uh, like that. Do you know? Because well, I don't. I don't think it was a matter of fixing. Uh-huh. I thought it was just a problem with with pushing the hardware. But oh, clearly yeah. they aren't well, pushing yeah, the, the hardware Super at Nintendo that point. Wasn't very you know good for stuff like that anyway. It seemed like some games if if more than two or three things got on the screen, it was going to slow down. But right. uh, it was it was definitely a mess for for something. Trying to push that that amount of effects on on that game, it's. I guess I could see it. Yeah, and I don't think on the virtual console they've really tried to fix that. I know it used to be frustrating back then. At some point in time, it's it's turned into charming almost. Uh, I remember uh, to speak of. Uh, I mean, I guess to keep example, of the esteem Nintendo now holds the the infamous Nintendo slowdown in. Uh, it's a. Well, it's not new, but a newer one. When Contra 4 came out, there was actually an option on there where you could turn the slowdown on intentionally when the screen filled up. So I don't see the slowdown going away on any virtual console games. I don't mind it necessarily. It is exactly like I would want it to be. I was just kind of surprised that it it happened. Because, again, this wasn't one I had played before. So for me, it wasn't a matter of, and this is where it slows down, and I'm ready for it. For me, it was like, you know, I'm playing this game I'd never touched before. The rest of the game's pretty smooth. You get to that point, and it was like, whoa, okay, I remember what this is like now. Yeah, I guess that is about the only time, uh, about the first time it crops up in that game, which is is pretty crazy for as much as it's putting on screen at any one time in, in all those stages. Uh, so level five ends with that that lava monster that I have never beaten. 
Uh, I tried against him a bunch of times right before we came on, and I'm still not not beating him. Did you guys get to the next level or and or beat the next level? I made it to the conclusion of the game. The next level, I, I thought, uh, generally uh, seemed pretty uninspiring, really. I thought the last boss, the best I can put it, kind of a giant mutant frog type thing. the only one that beat it he's he's probably going to have to describe it to us again well and I'll, i took i took notes on all the levels i don't really have any for the last one because it was nothing that really stood out it's a it's a side scroller so and in keeping with the theme it's difficulties a little bit further down um you pick up this weapon and for all for all i talked about the needle cracker being unpredictable you pick up the wind laser and however bad you thought the needle cracker was, uh, the wind laser is about ten times worse. <laughs> I, I, I found no general at all. Um, they throw a lot of enemies at you in this one. Uh, and the last boss, it's a double parter. One thing pretty cool about the end, you think you have it won, and it's doing the whole, you know, the whole environment starting to explode. You're trying to hightail it out of there. And you think that's it. The boss comes back and you're actually having to outrun this explosion and fight this last boss at the same time, which I, I really haven't seen anything like that before. I thought that was pretty cool. And you guys will be happy to know at the end, you've saved the solar system. I was worried. I was worried this time you get to the end and all of a sudden there was another larger alien force you had to worry about. Super relieved about that. Uh, so I guess uh, since this is the first episode, we don't really have any, any listener mail to go over or any other comments from anybody. Um, I, for Axley itself, if, if you knew somebody that, that found a copy of, a, of the game in a Super Nintendo, would you tell them to go ahead and play this or not play it? Uh, are you going to play it again after this, this podcast? Uh, I think I, I actually like this game. I don't have a lot of, of this kind of shooter anymore on, a, on uh, the virtual console at least. So it's nice to have it there, and, and you can play through a round in, in under half an hour, which is a nice, a nice treat in uh, 2015. Uh, mm-hmm. But what do you think, Jeremy? I would totally recommend it for people. I, it's, it's, like I said before, it's my favorite shooter of all time, uh, and I would definitely recommend it to people that hate bullet hell-style games. Uh, it's, it, it's accessible. Uh, it's not super frustrating. Uh, it's, not, you know, it's not long at all. And uh, it, it's just a—it's it, really fun. It's—it's it's held up over the years, and I definitely play it uh, once, at least once a year. Or so, uh, whatever I can find it on, it's—it's it's one of the things that, if a virtual console does come out, that's uh, that and Super Castlevania. As soon as they come out, that's usually the ones I get. So yeah, I, I totally recommend it to anybody, and I think it's—it's it's still a great game today. Billy, what about you? Would you think you'll play this again, or is this kind of a fun for the podcast, and that's it? Uh, personally, myself, having uh, having played through it, I, I don't really see myself 
going back to play it again. They, uh, I had read, uh, I didn't have time to do it. If you beat it twice on the hardest difficulty, there's apparently a little teaser at the end uh, for a second uh, sequel that never happened. Um, but I in no way was going to attempt one playthrough on the hard difficulty. <laughs> and I thought about maybe going back to, but I, I don't think there's enough to bring me back to it. But that's... Uh, Nothing negative about the game itself. I really enjoyed it. Uh, dislike uh, this type of game in general. So for me to be able to say I did enjoy playing it, I would recommend anybody to play it. And like Jeremy said, it's not one of those uh, bullet hell games that are that have become popular that kind of pride themselves on their impossibility. Uh, I think this one, it's difficult, but it's accessible enough to where you can enjoy it. And yeah, if, if you've got a Super Nintendo and you find this thing for a few bucks at the a flea market or online, or if it's on sale on the virtual console, uh, I'll say go for it. You could do a lot worse. I definitely think if you're a fan of early Super NES Konami games, uh, check that one out because it's it's one of their better ones, definitely. Yeah, I'd say it's it's better than the, the more recent uh, Gradius games, and that's that's a much bigger series for them. I don't think there was another Axley at all. No, that was it. Uh, and that's one of the ones I looked up ahead of time to see if actually was was part of another series we didn't get the pieces of. That happens a lot uh, in the U.S., but or at that time it did. Um, but yeah, no, this was a, a one shot. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly, and uh, like I said, I think we're all in agreement that it was it was fun. Uh, and it isn't a bullet hell shooter. I've played a good deal of those. It's definitely very dodgeable. You have to pay attention, uh, but it, nothing is really blindsiding you for the most part. The next episode, at the end of every episode, we're going to randomly pick one of the games on our list. We have 30 games uh, that we've picked so far. Uh, if you want us to try a specific game that you're a big fan of from, again, PlayStation era uh, or earlier, uh, give us a, an email. They'll be on our website, and in future episodes, I'll actually have an email when I plan ahead what I'm going to say. Uh, but <laughs> this time, we randomly picked, and we got the game Low G-Man for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And that'll be episode two, uh, which should be out probably two weeks after this one. Uh, the plan is to put these out every two weeks. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a set day or not, but uh, we'll definitely have more information on uh, Retrovania.net. So thank you very much for listening, and I will see you next time.